Mm-hmm. Yes. Welcome to the Blabbermall Show with your host, Dave and Matthias, two guys that blabber incessantly about beer, brewing, and bullcrap. Stick around while they brew up another tasty episode. Hey, what's All up? Right. What's up, brother? Hey, How man. you doing? Here we are. Blabbermall Show, episode 49 Woo. for February 27, 2024. Let's get into it. It's time to mash in. Mash in. Oh, we got a full house here. Yeah, we do. We got Luke and Ben here from Collision Bend. Hey, guys. Hello. How you doing? Good. How are you? We'll do a little. We're getting into this already? Start with it right now. Huh? Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Not only are they a brewery, Cheers. they also distill. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. They bring, bring their own. Now, that's how we do it. That's right. Get it started, Dave. How do people get a hold of us? Let's talk first before we get rolling here. Boom, yeah, before boom, we get boom. into it, let's like and subscribe. We're on Facebook, YouTube, um, all the places: Instagram, X, Threads, anywhere, Spotify, anywhere you can find podcasts. Yes, my voice today. Yeah, that's okay. Slow down. Oh, well, no. <laughs> where's the bourbon? The bourbon is going to oh, help you. Wow. Bourbon is going to help you. Yeah. <laughs> also, check out our um, Beacons links. Um, Get all our aggregated links there, and you can pick up some new swag. Wearing the hat today. Uh, you can, uh, yeah, I'm wearing the new hat, this hat right here. And uh, we got, let me get over here. What am I doing? What else we got? We got, uh, you had the uh, trucker cap, not with you tonight. Well, that last week. Yep. And the mugs. Love it. Because you can't drink beer all day. Debatable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the hoodies. Looking pretty sweet. Have the logo on the back. Have our names. You know, give us some advertising out there. So yeah, yeah, good stuff. So uh, let's uh, do a little update for the weekend. We were up in Marblehead. You know, the our um, number one, number two, Blabber Monsters, uh, Jay and Janelle. Yes, they came up, spent the night with us. We toured around, went to some <clears throat> local bars, and uh, Janelle made us some craft cocktails. Isn't that right? Yeah. Uh, she made some great margaritas, some dirty martinis, and espresso martinis. They're fantastic. Well, that sounds fun. Got overserved to the bejesus. <laughs> but it's okay. We didn't drive anywhere. <laughs> That's good. You What'd you do? Good. What'd you do? Man, this weekend was uh, right back to normal for us in terms of the of restaurant. We were a good weekend weather-wise, and we were just busy. So yeah, um, I had a chance to work all weekend. It was oh. a joy. So I great <laughs> Friday night and uh, was in Medina on Saturday and um, did some work for um, kind of getting ready for the eclipse. We have a big eclipse party in okay. the parking lot there in Medina um, for the for the eighth and working through some of those uh, topics with the with the whole building and the South Town area. So that was pretty much my morning in Medina and then came back to Avon and we were nice and busy. It was fun. Yeah, good weekend. Boys played basketball on Sunday and. They won, so we're good. So undefeated on the year. Nice. I know. Can't beat that. So sounds good. Only thing that would have made it better was going to Bad Bath and Beyond. Nice little weekend. <laughs> yeah. Don't know if there'll be time. <laughs> Free advertising. <laughs> Free advertising. How about you guys, Ben? What'd you get into? Hold on. Get this closer uh, to you. Did some stuff around the house that needed done, especially yeah. outdoors. The weather was a little weather was better. So cooperating. So yeah. yeah. Other than that, not a. Do a little oh, cleanup. Yeah. yeah, cool. He also went to Bed Bath & Beyond. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's enough time. 
Yeah. Don't know. Might be a good Saturday. You can pull us back and forth for you guys a little bit. Luke, how about you, bud? Yeah, same. Just hung out. Um, not, not a whole lot. Just hung out. Just hung out's good. good. So it's been busy out there. Everything's been fine. Good. Yeah, that's good. Well, you know, we've been uh, itching to have you two in, in studio for a minute. Um, yeah, the schedule's lined up, and uh, we got you in here. Stars aligned, here full are. moon, we're ready to roll. So let's. Uh, it's time for the Vorloff. So like Dave said, we have Luke and Ben here from Collision Bend, and they brought some beers for us to try tonight. And then we get, get a chance to ask them all the wonderful questions that we ask everybody. And, and uh, what did you guys bring for us today? This is our new uh, collaboration for the month of March for with Heinen's. It's called Canal Basin Brew. Mm-hmm. It's a German style Pilsner. It's an East Bank. <laughs> or sorry, an East Bank East Pilsner. Bank, ben. <laughs> Marketing. Marketing is everything. Yeah. So. Looks like we're gonna crack out. Yeah. There's your big, nice big glass. I'm going with the big boy there. Coffee beer. This can is beautiful. Artwork was done by a local student, in, I think, at uh, Cleveland Institute of Art. Partnered with the, what's the, sorry, what's the name of there? Canal, Canal Way? Yeah, Canal Way. Yeah. Canal Basin. It's uh, If you can read the fine print, there's a big description <laughs> on there on the can. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, yeah, in conjunction with, it's going to benefit, a little benefit for where the park is going to be, down on the east bank of the flats. Uh, near our brewery, so we're supporting and kind of partnering up with our neighbors, our future neighbors, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Now, is this available at Heinen's now? Starting March first. March first. Yeah. Okay. We are special. That's right. Yes, we got a little pre. Cheers, Jim. Pre-release here. Thank you. We should probably give one to our peanut gallery. Tom's back there having a conniption fit right now. <laughs> oh yeah. He's not the only one. check it in? Check it in. Check it in. Yeah, it, it's Absolutely. on there, huh? Yeah. Gentlemen, nice job. Is it on there? Check it in. Probably not. Well, maybe. <laughs> Be the first. Mm. Nice. So what'd you get? what's in it? You going to talk about it a little this bit? This is just uh, straight pills malt and um, tetanang and saphir hops. Nice. And that's... About 5.2% ABV, 35 IBU, little, little bit of hot bitterness there, but not, not offensive in any way. No, definitely great for the, the style calls for at least. Yeah, I was just talking today about the necessity of, of having a, in today's world, kind of like that traditional Pilsner mm-hmm. that is, a, I'm not going to say skunky in a bad way, but just that nice, hoppy, beautiful mm-hmm. Pilsner. And this, this fits that bill. 5.5%? 5.2. Yeah. Really good. Thank you. Yeah, great job. Yeah, this is enjoyable. For sure. Camera's great. Painted yeah. on can. Yeah, printed can, digitally printed cans. Yeah, it came out really nice. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't sure how it was going to look when they kept sending the artwork over, but as soon as we put it, as soon as we got the cans, and I was like, oh, yeah, this looks perfect on there. And how much of this did you do? <laughs> the artwork? No, the... Oh. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> how, how big was the batch? This was a 30-barrel 30, 30 batch. Canned about 125 cases worth. Most of those will go to Heinen's. There's some available both at 
downtown pub and the new Euclid spot too. So, and on draft at both places. Nice. What's well, good? So you know, as we get into to having conversation about, you know, we got a chance to be at Euclid for the first um, recorded show there with you guys. Um, we've all been to the original location multiple times. Uh, we've brewed some beers together there, and really, you know, it's kind of been home base for your location. Now, the questions we want to get into really is, is you know. How did you guys get into brewing? What does that look like? And so I guess right off the bat, we'll just go back and forth and ask the questions. How did you get into brewing? Luke, you're kind of the, the seasoned vet in the, in the room. So. The old man. The old man in the room. Um, it's okay. So long story, I'm sure. How, how did you get into, into brewing? I think this is a good question for everybody. It's the myth, the legend. Tell us, buddy. How did you get into brewing? Um, shoveling snow. That's how I got into brewing. <laughs> And that was Andy Tavikram, who's now at Market Garden, hired me at Great Lakes. But I uh, started home brewing in the basement with a good friend of mine and uh, made some bad beers. Made some made some real bad beers out of uh, some extracts and things like that. And started learning that you don't use the packet of yeast that was taped to the can back yeah. then. And, you know, those kinds of things like every, a lot of people go through. Unless you're lucky enough nowadays, there's so much information out there. Yeah. You can do you can start off, I think, better. Um, there just wasn't a lot of great craft beers around, you know, there was, at that time there was, we could get Sam Adams, we could get, I, I drank a lot of Guinness on um, Great Lakes Opened, which was inspirational to me to to start brewing my own beer because I just wanted more of that kind of stuff and there just wasn't anything that was around at the mm -hmm. time. Can we ask what year we're talking about here? Uh, early 90s, I, yeah. I think it was yeah. early 90s I started to homebrew mm -hmm. i started at great lakes in in uh 96 so they were eight years into it at that time uh just transitioning to a 30 barrel brew house which is ironic because now i'm transitioning into a 30 barrel <laughs> brew house yeah. with this guy yeah. so so yeah it was kind of like that and i say shoveling snow because it was uh, early january um that year and i had been plowing snow a landscaper for a living and plowing snow during the winter and I was leaving that world to work at Great Lakes uh, kind of on a temporary basis and learn some stuff because Andy was nice enough to have me down there. And he handed me a shovel to shovel the dock for the first three days of the blizzard that was that was that week. So I was like, well, I was better off in a truck pushing the snow than I am now. But yeah. it all worked out in the end. There you go. So then you transitioned in-house in and... Um, did you start right into brewing or oh, no. a couple uh, jobs? I was there about a year. We started uh, in packaging world. Um, it's kind of the way it goes, kind of the way it still goes there, I believe. Uh, if people work, can, people still have a great opportunity. They're, they're really good about um, in-house training and, uh, you know, sending people off to school. I think they sent me to school three different times. After a year I was there, I had worked my way into every, you know, the, a lot of cellaring, uh, packaging we all did all the work you know we all right. did everything there was there was changes and then i and then i finally got up on the on the brew house platform after about uh eight months or eight months or so and then after i was there for a year they scheduled me to go off to siebel institute up in chicago um so yeah there was, they've always been really really good about employee education and everything so it's it's a fortunate situation for me at the time 
I'm sure it's a little harder to scale your way up now there, being such a larger company that they are. But I was there at a pretty pretty good time. There was eight of us in the brewery, so yeah, obviously, yeah. like they, I was there to learn, and they they were there to teach me. So it's awesome. Pass that question over to you, Benny Boy. A uh, couple of my buddies were home brewing, and I would go over and hang out with them. And uh, my one buddy, Matt, uh, made some really good beer and then made some really bad beer. And I was like, I think I could do this too. Make bad beer? Make bad, make bad beer. beer. <laughs> yeah. And that I did. Um, in my mind, I was like, oh, I can make my own beer, and it'll be cheaper. Oh, then yeah. You forget to factor in all the yeah. cost of all the equipment. <laughs> Everything. Um, Homebrewing is free, everybody. Yeah. We've already seen Dave's stuff. It's just, it just doesn't oh, cost yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. It's all free. <laughs> so yeah. did that for I don't know, about two years and then uh, got hired in at the brew kettle at mm -hmm. the brew on premise. I was just helping people brew beer there and then worked my way from there over to the production brewery right under the packaging line. Like everyone does. And that and bottler the, is just a... The mahine that mm. still gives me nightmares. I think, I think everybody <laughs> talks about that. Yeah. I uh, did that for a while and then finally got up on the on the brew stand over there. I did that for a couple of years and then met this guy mm -hmm. and uh, started a collision. That's what It's been uh, seven, almost seven years now. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Doesn't feel like it. No, that's, that's, <laughs> a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a wild ride. Um, you know, you have a tattoo of, of a mash pound, oh, right? Side. There we go. Yeah. That's the first thing I nice. saw when I saw a little. I thought you said you, me. I was like, dude. Not, nice. a, not yet. I have a tattoo of Luke. It's, uh, it's right in here, right on my heart. Uh, <laughs> who doesn't have that? So, um, all things aside, we, we'll, we'll get into more of that in a little bit in terms of some of the early days and, and kind of some of the things you've done uh, to bring you guys together. But, one of the things that we like to talk about a lot is asking our guests, and you touched on it a little bit, Luke, what, what is your gateway beer? I and mean, we all have that moment where you look back and and I think everybody in a younger generation in a year drinks, especially you know in our ages, drinks um, macro beer to start with, right? It was the first thing you had, everybody's, you know. And then you step into this moment in time where you're, you have something that's not a macro and your mind just blows. Like what is going on, right? The flavors, the profile, this this is this is what beer can taste like, and it kind of just changes your palate in the right direction. Um, you know, for me, it was Long Trail Ale, it was something I had in college, and that's something I talk about a lot, um, and how that that mindset shifted from drinking just to play beer pong to really enjoying the product, mm -hmm. and then how that moves from there. So, really, that's kind of a good question to ask everybody. And we'll, we'll start with you, um, Ben. What, what what was your gateway beer into craft? What was that one moment where you were like, ah. uh, it's, it's funny. It's actually just, uh, it was Fathead's Bumbleberry. I had never been there before, uh, but he told me about it. I was like, eh, I don't like beer. He's like, no, you just don't know you like beer yet. He's like, you're used to crap. You know? That's a good buddy, said, okay. by the way. Good answer. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we went true. there and had dinner, and I was like, you know, I asked the, the waiter at the time. I said, What's, uh, what would you recommend to start with? And he's like, I'd start with our Bumbleberry. Took one sip, and I was like, that doesn't taste like anything I've ever had. So that was kind of maybe a couple months before I actually started homebrewing, too. So it kind of led to yeah. that. So, yeah. So what was your first homebrew beer then at that it point? Was, <laughs> surprisingly, it was a blueberry ale. See? <laughs> and not, it yeah. came out 
fantastic. Really? I'm not a joke. Everyone loved it. It was a stupid little Mr. Beer kit, but it came out great. And then I'm you like, had the little plastic. Yeah, oh yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah. my first one was miserable. <laughs> so my first one was fantastic. Did a second one and immediately just dumped it down the drain. It must be you guys that hang out together out in Amherst because, yep. you know, with Lowry and whatnot. Um, and we can talk about that too. I mean, you're friends with Jason. Yeah. yeah. And Jason's first homebrew beer won like an award. So well, had, that's not the he norm. Had a good teacher. Yeah, <laughs> it was you. So, and that's how we got hooked up a little bit was was through Lowry and and uh, that's kind of a cool cool scenario. Mm -hmm. Good connection between the two of us. So, yeah, for sure, that's fun. He's a good guy. Yeah, I mean, he, he got the equipment on your recommendation. <laughs> that's just that's not how it's it happens, you know. It's it's not. That's kind of, that's that was not a Mister Beer Kit. <laughs> that's what I explained to him. Yeah. I go, listen, I go, you're gonna either do this. The right way up front, yeah. Or you're gonna do it like everyone else. Mm -hmm. You're gonna buy this, and then you're gonna hate it, and then you're gonna buy this, and you're gonna buy this. And eventually, you're gonna spend this much money. Yep. If not more, I go. So just start here. See, <laughs> and yeah. he did. So it worked. This everybody <laughs> is a good friend. Yep. It's good advice. This is there. a good friend that says, you know yeah. what? If you're gonna do it, yep. Just do it. Do it right. You know. Again, you can make good beer, as you mm -hmm. said, on a, on a Mr. Beer Kit. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a hit and miss option mm -hmm. for most people um, because it is the thrill of making that first beer, right? You had the bumbleberry mm -hmm. and you're like, I can do this. I can do this. <laughs> this is kind of fun. It's a light ale. I can put their blueberries in something. Yep. This is pretty cool. And so, you know, it turns out okay and gets that bug moving or you can be all in from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So that's good. Luke, what about you, bud? I know you kind of mentioned earlier a couple of little things, but, you know, just kind of pull that down for us back in that, you know, early 90s and what that looked like for you. Yeah, it was, uh, well, like I said, I think it was, I don't know where, where, where the things fall, you know, being at that time, there was, there was beers coming around a little bit, but I, I started having some, and, I, and if I'm being, if I'm being fair and honest, I probably really didn't like Guinness. But I pretended I liked it because I thought it was cool. <laughs> yeah, well, it's um, better than Budweiser. You know, the Irish family and everybody's like, oh, goodness, it's from the homeland and all that fun stuff. And it was like, yeah, it's so good. This is great. Um, but So it was really Sam Adams. Mm -hmm. It was really Sam Adams lager that I was kind of blown away by, like you said, like where I was like, this is uh, I didn't know beer could taste this good, you know, because all the imports at that time, which is different now, which is a, it's a great thing that the imports now, like, you know, because people know what they are, people are educated and they, they, you can get them fresher. And yeah, um, back then they were dusty on the shelves. Like right. you couldn't get one that wasn't oxidized and tasted pretty much terrible or, and or very skunky usually. And people thought that's how, you know, yeah, beer this was is supposed great. to taste, you know, it's supposed to have um, all those lovely flavors and aromas of, of skunk butt. But, <laughs> um, but you know we all know that's not the case now which is part of part of what the craft beer you know thing in, in the states has done is, is bring people back to those you know mm. european beers and um made them popular enough that they're you can get them they're coming know, back like this band. one at heinen's march 1st <laughs> yeah um, so yeah, for me it was definitely Sam Adams that got me going into it, and uh, trying a bunch of their stuff after that, and then Great Lakes, uh, Crooked River. You know, some of the oh, yeah. early breweries in the day, Crooked River came along. So our, me and my buddies, uh, we did a comparison. Um, 
every year. We couldn't wait to buy Crooked Rivers uh, Yuletide Ale, it was called, and then Great Lakes Christmas Ale, which everyone might have heard of. Um, so those that was always fun times, you know, comparing them every year. And in our minds at the time, at least, before I got obviously got in-depth at knowing Great Lakes, uh, it was they were the same size. You know, they weren't the same size, but even then Great Lakes was larger, but we didn't know that. You know, you see it on the shelf and, you know, like people see our beer on the shelves and like, you guys are huge. We saw you in all the stores. And it's like, no, we're scraping out beers out of this little teeny brewery. Mm -hmm. um, not for long. Not for long. <laughs> not well. for long. So that's, you know, I think that a lot of people would say the very same thing. Those early days, the, the, the pails, right? The, the craft lagers. Right, jumping into that that mode uh, really kind of adds that flavor profile. Sam Adams is a fantastic thing, and they can't talk about Sam Adams in this build in our studio <laughs> without looking right well, over here. I mean, can I see it? It's right here. It's over <laughs> behind Dave. Right? Yeah, yeah. Did you guys know that Dave won the long shot competition for Sam I Adams? Didn't know that. That's, yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That's uh, awesome. So, Dave, did you win? A, did you win an award? Well, I don't. I don't like to talk about it much, uh, but uh, I did. Oh no, no, please, please no. do. Let's go. <laughs> Tell us the story real quick. We got to do this every time. So, oh, come on, man. Okay, yeah, Give yeah. Us the, re the Reader's Digest version today. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, you see this competition happens every year, and I said, well, I got this size on. It's pretty good right now. I'll send it in. So I sent it in, and. Uh, couple months later they're like hey you got to send us a couple more bottles because you're going to the second round i'm like oh okay so send them in and then you find out hey you're coming to gabf and you won and this and that i'm like oh shit <laughs> so yeah and then you get your package product mm -hmm. yeah they packaged it up with uh two other winners and uh distributed it and we have a case in the other room if you want do you want to see it this is a different show this is not only <laughs> okay. start crying <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's a now i think moving into the next i'll um, give you your, i'll give you your 50 bucks later <laughs> you're, you're welcome anytime anytime um Looking at the idea of, of stepping into this world of, of doing this as a profession um, can be a lot. And I think we want to talk, you, you kind of both mentioned that earlier, but I want to talk to Luke first about your kind of involvement. I think Dave wants to talk to, to, to Ben, but you know, as we, as we step into this process, I think everybody in Blabbermont world wants to kind of hear the story about Great Lakes. It's kind of this iconic moment where someone who is larger than life or both big big dudes right steps into a, a brewery that at the time is about the size of most you know mid-level mid breweries in our in our area right yeah. and then now has obviously risen to the to a different level um, but steps into this place and um, becomes their brewer and then their head brewer and all of those you know sure. processes well why don't you tell us about those early days at at, at great lakes um talk about christmas ale there's a fun story that we can debunk that here today on, on the if you want to or you can make or you can make it, it worse either way is fine I will. I we're okay to make it worse, worse. um and i and then once you talk about those early days and and great lakes and share your share that it's kind of the vision of craft beer in cleveland as from at the time what eight seven or eight breweries to now over 40. yeah i don't even know if there was seven or eight there was there was crooked river there was uh, a place called firehouse i remember couple of places popping up 
It's like Rock um, Bottom. They had a Rock Bottom came along after I started, but yeah, they yeah. were they were there. There was a John Harvard's down the flats as well. Um, uh, over on Sperry Road, local brewery, and then and then Wallabies. It was they were connected to each other. Yep. They they're the ones that uh, first tried to resurrect the POC brand. Is that the they do? Well that was well. it Plumber's Crack? Was there? Uh, oh, that was no, Black Box. Was was black, from, yeah, black, black Box. Black Box. <laughs> black Box and, uh, yes, Jerome. Dover Vineyards, yeah, Jerome. Yeah. Uh, and they also ended up doing the Crooked River brand for yep. a time, for, for a minute there. Um, so these, that was a little bit after all the time I'm talking about. It was really just a handful. I don't really yeah. think it was seven or eight even. And then, and then, like, I guess that was more in the 2000s, right? Yeah, further out so. there was Liberty Street, and mm-hmm. Akron was doing some good stuff. And uh, Tim Rastetter actually had ended up there. He was He was the... So the the story you're talking about, Tim Rastetter was one of the one of the earlier brewmasters at um, Great Lakes, and he ended up when he left, he went to Liberty Street Brewing in Akron, and so I mean apparently he held on to that secret Christmas ale recipe for many 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 other jobs that he had <laughs> through the years, and then finally decided for some reason to give it to uh, you know Nayway over there at Thirsty Dog. So I don't know, we'll go with it. He always went with it when. Whenever, Tim and I did a couple of talks together, and uh, I'm like, they're going to ask us, man. They're going to ask us. So you yeah, just actually confirmed something I didn't think you were going to confirm. No, I'm not confirming it. I'm saying, <laughs> saying that uh, you know, tongue-in-cheek because uh, uh, Tim's answer to that question, and, and actually he's the one that can answer it best because uh, as far as I – at one point in my career at Great Lakes, I went through the archives, which was a – which is what I'll call a nice way to put like this little cubby hole <laughs> attic with all these dusty boxes of old brew sheets and all, you know, everything that you could find. And I dug through them painstakingly for, for many days and tried to find like the origins of, you know, Evan Fitzgerald and, and Bernie River and who brewed what and who did books and, and deciphering off of, you know, who signed the brew sheet, you know, brewer, there's a brewer spot, you know, and, if you could read the writing, you're yeah, lucky. Yeah, um, Just like Imagine. now, just like yep. nowadays, and with our, with our brewers. <laughs> oh, you're not wrong. Is that a shot, um, Ben? No, that no, was a shot. Oh no, I can read Ben's. Not we have some other guys. Uh, Rory, a little slow. <laughs> 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 Throwing names He's already. Oh, I'll Damn. Call him out. I don't care. <laughs> um, but those anyway. are that's important though, right? So I mean, we're looking at iconic brand with iconic yeah. core beers. So right? I asked the Conways. Yeah, I asked the Conways. I said, you know, who really is. People were asking me, like, who really was responsible for the beginning of Christmas Ale? And, and honestly, they they gave me an honest answer. They're like, we're really not sure, you know. Um, so I kind of I kind of researched it and talked to the, all the brewers that uh, that I was fortunate enough to have met that were there before I was. Um, I talked to Andy to Vikram, and he had a blurry vision of the story. I think at best. I don't know why. I think it has something to do with the fifth floor at our 30-barrel brewery. That's, that's another story for another day for the you know new Ohio rules. Yes. <laughs> um, but as best as I could figure out, there was a guy named Dennis Patton who was the first like brewmaster at Great Lakes. And I had never met him. Unfortunately, he passed away before I had started there. Um, the first brewmaster was Thane Johnson, a master brewer. He, we considered him that he was from Schmitz, uh, and he helped every everything get started and build the, and design the brew house and all that kind of stuff. The little seven barrel brew house. Um, but the first working brewmaster who was actually like doing doing most of the brewing day to day was Dennis Patton, and he uh, 
was their plumber who installed it all. Yeah. And they're like, hey, you know, we figured out that we can't do this and we need to hire a brewer. Do you want to be the brewer? He's like, I don't know anything about it, so we'll send you to school. And they sent him to school. I think that's part of how that all got started with them. Like, let's teach people. So yeah. so it's a great thing. And um, so far as I could tell, another guy who was a brewer there early, Dennis Holland, uh, told me that Dennis started it and he made like a cinnamon kind of spiced ale and called it winter winter warmer or or maybe even christmas ale i'm not sure and then he and a guy by the name of ramon feliciano who was there for longer than i was there which is 20 Hmm. 20 some odd years he was uh did jack of all trades there you know make good maintenance and knew how to he could take apart any motor and put it back together and it would work which was which is a rare skill you got to have those guys yeah. (laughs) yeah Uh, so Ramon was a great guy, great resource, and a great guy to learn from. Um, so Dennis was nice enough to let Ramon grate the ginger in, into that brew <laughs> to add it. He thought it needed some, or uh, Dennis Holland, so the second Dennis thought, this needs some balance. It was just all cinnamon, and yep. it needs yeah. some balance. So as far as I could tell, it was a three-year evolution into into uh, what we know as Great Lakes Christmas Ale and the almost really, you could say, the Northeast Ohio-style oh, yeah. holiday yeah. ale now. I think it's mm-hmm. really based on that. Everyone uh, has their own versions and adds their own different spice or, you know, whatever whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But I think it's With all... With their own stank on it. Inspired, yeah. inspired by that. So when the debates go every year and all the fun times and who's his best and all that good stuff, and I think it still starts with, with theirs and everyone's... Still can taste, you know, and people yeah. will say it's different every year. And <laughs> Always. another thing you can, yeah, and and it's and there's probably some merit to that as well because we as brewers, like mm-hmm. we know our ingredients very well. When mm-hmm. I say our ingredients, I mean malt and hops and water and yeast. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? Bavarian purity law, Rheinheitsgebot. Yep. We know those ingredients very well, and we know when they change from year to year and crop years and stuff like that. We know how to uh, change and adjust with them. You know, if we're if we're good mm-hmm. brewers and, fi- and right. pay attention right. to those things. Um, but we don't know honey. <laughs> like, yeah. yep. we don't know necessarily. We were getting drums of honey in, big drums of honey in, and opening them up for one batch of Christmas ale in three or four different colors. So what kind of sugars are we getting? Honey is made up of 27 different sugars. So what are we getting? Is the fermentation the same every time? You know, so I think that's where some of the not-so-much myth part of the Christmas ale changes every year is because you might have a little bit drier and the spices are coming through more mm-hmm. uh, one year, whereas you have a little bit more body the next year, so maybe they're blanketed a little more, things like that. So there is some merit to it, but as far as them changing the recipe wholesale, nilly-willy, like just to mess with people, like everyone thinks, <laughs> it's, that's, not what, that's not what they strive to do. And I will, I mean, I'll give a shout-out to Pat and Dan Conway about, about this, because one time I actually kind of played around with small, small um, pilot batches of Christmas ale with corn sugar versus honey to, to kind of show that how much money could be saved if yeah. we didn't use all you know all this honey that we were using because it's very expensive and you know a lot of people it, it, there was subtle differences but it wasn't major enough differences and they 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 had asked me to do that for the you know experimental purposes but when it came down to do you want to do this we'll save x amount of money they were like, no way, we're not changing this beer. You know, this everyone loves this beer the way it is. It's a flagship. So it's cost. Yeah. So I always say, you know, hats off to them for sticking to 
tried and true from the from the beginning. So like the criticisms of changing or cutting corners or going cheap are, mm-hmm. are false, I would say, as far as I know. Unless it's changed since I've been there, which I don't think it has. Yeah. Um, and you really don't want I, the beer to be identical, do you? I mean, you kind of like I mean, a little. I think with your packaged beers, your goals are to try to keep them very consistent. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you kind of want to. But with your seasonals, I mean, from year to year, you're going to have subtle changes probably because you're not yeah. adjusting. Like I said, yeah. we know our ingredients and we adjust. And we adjust on the on the fly, you know, if we get something in, a, a bigger brewery can contract more hops and have it more consistent throughout the year, and then they have to adjust like once a year. A brewery like our size, we're constantly adjusting because every order of hops we get in are going to be a little bit different, mm-hmm. you know. And even every, every you know, quarter of grain, you know, multi yeah. barley we get in are going to be different as well. So it's a little bit tougher to keep everything perfectly consistent yeah. when the bigger you get the more you can do that okay. but even that from year to year that's a stretch in between although it feels like we brewed i don't know how they do now but it feels like we brewed christmas ale all year i'll tell you <laughs> <laughs> right i think they started like if i ever cut up another another ginger brood out <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and that's and that's that's true and, and i think that's my statement to everybody that comes in is, is the very same thing when you're buying honey in tankers yeah, we I mean, what, what are you going to do? They're buying fifty-five gallon drums and heating bands to kind of kind of heat it up yep. so it, was like, it would flow easier. And pumping it in, just pumping honey and pumping yep. honey in. So you're like, yeah, so you get all those things. Definitely changes. So we don't harp on Christmas Day all no. night. You know, it's I just coming think it's up fun on to... spring and summertime. <laughs> so like, let's like like focus on some other stuff. I do want to say, we are working on designing our own Christmas sale. And it's based off the recipe that I found that I didn't reveal to anyone. I stole from Great Lakes. Oh, yeah, and it's the real. It's the real original. So, <laughs> so the real original. You heard it here. right here today. <laughs> First ever on the Blabbermont show that did not come. It's not leaving Great Lakes and going to Thirsty Dog. It's uh, yeah. taken from this gentleman beside me and held on to it for 20-odd years, 30 yeah. years at this point. Right. You're going to re-release it. But I do want to say one thing before, before Dave moves on. you can get on. it in August. It's coming out in August. Yeah, yeah it'll be. Yeah, for sure. We'll start brewing it. The last thing is that you know when people talk about brewers, and, and, and especially in the early days as we move through that iconic brewery, the idea of brewers being a rock star status, right? It, it tends to be the case. People walk in, they go to the beer shows, they want to talk to brewers and, and be a part of that. And you have a really cool story that you told me a long time ago about when the Cleveland Indians came in uh, on a tour of, of the brewery. I was drinking that day. You remember this? <laughs> yeah, I remember the story. And, and you told me the story that you were uh, doing what brewers do, right. which everybody knows in our show is what? Clean stuff. Clean stuff, <laughs> right? So tell that story really quickly. I think it's a wonderful story just to, just to kind of connect the early days of Big Beer. Yeah, right? that, yeah, that's actually one of my favorite stories. I, I think I just told that recently. It's, uh, I was in the, in the brew house in the, at Great Lakes, the 75-barrel system, the current system that they're in, big, big old tanks in the second floor. If you've ever been on the tour, you, you remember that you see the tops of the tanks. If you look down in, it goes all the way down to the floor below. So we would have to climb in and scrub those tanks out, um, which some of us do now still. <laughs> I've been in our tanks, just for the record. You can fit now. I can fit That's now. great. <laughs> I can fit now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it was a Saturday. It was a Saturday afternoon, and I had come in because we had a, t- a rough week. And usually we cleaned on Fridays back then, but we didn't. We had to brew more beer or whatever. I was probably summertime so we were brewing christmas day i bet 
and that really actually <laughs> all the honey and everything like we had to uh, clean the brew house more often even than we already did because scorching and burning the sugars and all that kind of stuff so i was in down in there scrubbing scrubbing away it is about 120 degrees in there and there was a party going on in the banquet room which was just adjacent to the brew house there and a couple of people were like peering down at me and eh, you know yelling and so i said like i looked up and i'm like oh boy i gotta climb out and talk to customers this is awesome because <laughs> i love them all and, and like, this is what we do you know like but i mean i was it was not the ideal time that i wanted to do that but i climbed back up the brew house brewery uh kettle ladder and hopped out and started chatting with these with these gentlemen and uh they proceeded to tell me that I have the coolest job in the world <laughs> as I'm like dripping sweat and covered in like scrubby, bird scrubby, sugar scrubby, scrubby. and probably staining my yeah. really good clothes I was wearing with uh you know chemicals and whatever <laughs> and uh wearing my safety goggles of, of course, course of course of course and I said, well, that's really, that's really nice of you guys. What, what do you do for a living? And they're like, oh, we, uh, we play for the tribe. <laughs> oh, okay. And it's, it turned out to be, uh, Mac, McNamara, he was a shortstop. It was when they had a really young team. Um, and, uh, Josh Bard is a catcher. And so I, I was like embarrassed. I didn't know him cause I'm a huge baseball fan, but they just had a team that was all like a lot of young guys, like kind of like right now, like kind of like what mm -hmm. they have right now. Yeah. And, uh, so I was like, oh, I'm really sorry. I didn't know. And I'm like, wait a minute. You guys just told me I have the coolest job in the planet. Yeah. I was like, you guys play baseball for a living. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think I have the coolest job. So that was my, that was my fun little. That's I think good. that's a great story. story. It is. That's you know, awesome. Just to kind of see the early days and, mm. and, and, and the process through that. So <clears throat> I appreciate you being a mentor for a lot of people and, and you know, being there for, for all of us young guys who are, you know, asking questions all the time. And, and yep. I, you know, we say that all the time and people, people say it to me, probably folks like Andy and a few other, other old timers around town. But, uh, <laughs> although Andy's not as nice as I am about it, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, I didn't say that. Either, <laughs> I love Andy. He's, he's awesome. But we say that all the time. And we have a, in Cleveland, in Cleveland, we have a great tight knit brewing yep brewing group we have a lot of the pro brewers here really really help each other out we all try to try to help the home brewers still as well if we can um we share things with each other we share information we lend each other hops malt all the good stuff and everybody across the country i really feel like you could call like one of us could call or you could call like someone that you don't even know if you just know like hey someone like this brewery out in california went through the same thing you're going through yep. i really think you could reach out to them and say, hey, I heard you guys went through this, and most times you're going to get some help and feedback. Mm -hmm. You know, so across the country it's like that, but it, it's very consistent that I have friends from across, around the country, uh, brewery friends from around the country coming into town and taking note of the Cleveland scene, like like how really, really like close we all are and how we really help each other. So it's a Cleveland. Yeah, I think it's fun. A Cleveland thing. So yeah, for sure. You know, Clevelanders always are looking out for each other. So and, and it extends into the brewery, which is already that that way. And it just is even enhanced, you know, because yeah. of all that. So I think it's really cool, and I'm proud to be part of it. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's great. It sure is. For sure. So, Ben, you guys, you mentioned that you guys had met, um, and you got into uh, 
you know, Collision Bend mm-hmm. to start brewing professionally. How did you guys meet? How did that happen? Actually, I think the very first time we met, I was working for, um, it was Buckeye Canning okay. then, now it's Ironheart, but I was working for them and we were doing some test canning runs at Green Lakes. And Luke was down there hanging out, watching the process and running all the tests and everything. So that's how I met him the first time. And, you know, then you become Facebook friends and all that good stuff. And then, uh, yeah, one day I saw his post about looking to hire somebody for a new brewery that was opening up and I reached out. You were still at Brew Kettle? I was at Brew Kettle at the time, yeah, and uh, looking for a change. Yeah. Didn't want to to work in a production brewery anymore, and here we are building a production brewery (laughs) seven years later. Yeah. Um, Well, yeah, uh, reached out to him, sat down, talked a couple times, and awesome. got started down there in uh, March of 2017. Yep. Yeah. When, when were you working at, um, well, Ironheart? So there was a in-between period. I, I started a brew kettle yep. and uh, left working their packaging line and stuff, and then I left to go work for the canning company yep. and then came back to brew kettle. Okay. Uh, worked on their canning line and told them the only way I'd come back is if I got in the brew house. Uh, so they're like, well, come in, run the line, and then hire someone to take over. So I, that's when I hired Pete. Yep. And then taught him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't teach him on on that poor oh. bottling line. Oh. Oh. Sorry, Pete. Sorry, uh. Pete. So this is kind of a crazy yeah. small world on, on this side of town, mm-hmm. right? So we have B.J. Solomon, who was yep. the and Dan Blatt, who was also with um, yep. the Canning Company. Uh, Dan is now the proprietor and brewer at, at Ghost Tree. Yep. And um, again, just that lineage of moving around um, is, is crazy. Yeah. And so Pete um, is, is our pub brewer, um, does all of our five barrel batches for us. Yeah. And uh, Pete was with you at, you taught him how to do, <laughs> you worked with him and trained him at. Teach, uh, taught him how to run that stupid Mahin. Mahin at, uh, at Brew Kettle, which yeah. I think people still have d- dreams about. Dreams equal Const- nightmares. Yeah. Constantly. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's, there's something about like, like that, this conversation that's going on like that, I think people can understand better like when i was talking about like climbing up the ladder yeah. at great lakes we were one of the very few breweries around and like i said there's eight of us and, and getting up there nowadays you see people bouncing around a lot i think there's a lot of that is because they might start at a, like a great lakes or somewhere like that on third shift bottling or third shift canning or something like that and then they're their, their only means of moving up sometimes is the opportunities come from another yep. place. Yep. There's so many breweries around now, so you see people zigzagging around town a little bit, but it's also been part of how we all get to know each other and keeping yeah. the, and keeping yeah. the brewing community close to each other too, because like we have these connections where mm-hmm. I kind of got reconnected with Jack at Brew Kettle from yep. Ben working with mm-hmm. me. It was like, hey, Jack and I go way back, but you know, you kind of sometimes lose a little bit of touch when you get so busy with your, what you're doing. And so sometimes you get an employee, and like I, I mean, I called him when when we hired this guy. Like, I called Jack first. I go, don't don't put your notice, and I gotta call Jack. I'm not gonna be like, I don't, you know, I don't want him to think I'm just for sure. You know, I didn't know I, I didn't know at the time I was taking his best guy, but uh, well, <laughs> yeah, there we are. <laughs> and it, it is what it is, and that is exactly true. I mean, because not only do, I mean, we have Pete from Brew Kettle, we have Andrew uh, who was yeah. at uh, Brew Kettle for a small stint. Um, because of a buyout, but was also at Great Lakes before that. Mm-hmm. So Great Lakes to to Brew Kettle, 
to Avon, yep. Pete's yep. from Brew Kettle, to I think he had a stop at uh, Platform for platform, a minute yeah. uh, to Avon. And then, you know, as that plays out, Andrew promoting the process to now opening his own brewery in, in, in Richfield. And so we want to help him with all those things and provide him all those connections and options. And that has made a good connection for us to Brew Kettle. Uh, not that I didn't know Jack, we didn't help each other out in other processes, but now there's a person who used to work for him mm-hmm. and now works for me. And it's just a, it's just a, Hey, I know this stuff I can do here. I can come here and I can, I can talk to the people. And if we need yeast, we can bring a brink over and, yep. and, and yank something out like that. And same with even at Great Lakes. And so those things are, are options for us. Um, we do that quite a bit at Fatheads too. So, I mean, everybody's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. Oh, yeah. and, it, and I know Ben, you've said that before. I mean, from a home brewer to a, a person running a bottle line to now a professional brewer, what was that transition like for you? Did you quit your previous job before that? Some personal life adjustments. How does that play out with your personal life? That was just, uh, so I was kind of in one of those uh, like weird ruts. Wasn't really working anywhere special at the time. Didn't really know. I had worked so many different jobs. I was like, I don't know what I want to do. Yeah. And then that brewing kind of sparked that. I was like, oh, this, I could do this for a living. Oh, this sounds great. Um, probably still a mistake, but no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, it was, uh, it, it was really wasn't like a big change because I wasn't really stuck in one field or anything like that so but it it opened it up and uh, gave me something to look forward to all the time so now as you guys move forward with the new production facility what does that look like um, who's gonna be brewing there so <laughs> this goes back, a, so this goes back really? to what our just previous conversation was too um, Rory was working with me at brew kettle he was in the cellar and on the brew house and then when i left to go work with luke he left to go take over uh the pub brewing at platform yep so he was there for almost the entire time and then unfortunately they closed and he lost his job Hmm. so then we knew we needed a brewer for euclid so i got a hold of him so he's been down at collision down in the flats handling the pretty much all the brewing now until we get Euclid up and running, and then he can transition over to there. Good. And then I can go back downtown. Good. Hopefully. Work on your brew sheets. <laughs> I already heard that. It's yeah, the first thing that stuck in my mind. Chicken scratch. <laughs> yeah, we got to be able to read these. For The historians are yeah. going to want to read these someday. <laughs> someday someone's going to want to figure out who made that yeah. beer. 25 years from now, Rory, you have to understand that your chicken scratches. That's your legacy. <laughs> your legacy will be on a cardboard box. In the attic, That's people right. will be arguing who created this beer, and we'll know, we, nobody will know. You got, you got to keep good records, Tom. Hey, you're not a doctor, man. Come on. <laughs> so, Luke, as you kind of and Ben, both of you guys can answer this either way you want. Um, now that you have two locations, the difficulty that can be right and connecting mm-hmm. to your your locality. Um, what is your connection to your local area? Canning wise, you talk a little, a little bit about that, um, and what is unique about? your specific beer and 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 why is it relevant to today's world because you're, you're putting stuff on shelf right it's hard today's world it is shelf space is uh very hard to get into nowadays mm-hmm. um, you're constantly fed we love having all the new breweries opening up everywhere but at the same time we're we're all fighting for that same spot on the shelf um so it's it, it's very tricky to to figure out what to put into a can that'll It'll sell. It's everything you think that's going to sell doesn't sell, and what you think won't sell flies off the shelves, and you just don't. It's it's a never-ending battle. Um, I th- I like to think that 
from the beginning, we've stuck more classical styles uh, instead of doing all the weird off the wall. Nothing wrong with any of that stuff. And nothing at all. Another person coming here that triggers the right. uh, Avon. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Didn't say I didn't, didn't say have anything. to say it. He looked right at me and was like, no, there's anything wrong with that. There's not, <laughs> sir. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, the location we have, the, the clientele that uh, we bring shoot. in, it yeah. it really fits that down there. Mm-hmm. Um, we've tried some of the, the weird, wacky, and it just doesn't sell down there. Um, Euclid's already proving to be a completely different clientele yep the things we thought wouldn't sell there are flying off and it's yeah so yeah so now we're trying to adjust to that and once we're up and brewing we should be able to get to a point where it's going to be a nice balance between the two though Mm -hmm. with the brews because we're seeing what's moving out there and Mm -hmm. we know pretty well we know downtown pretty well so um I, i think not that it's unique, but like some of these, even this one that we're sitting in front of us here, the Canal Basin, and supporting like um, some of our local partners that we've uh, we've been fortunate enough to have some people approach us and, and make some beer with them, and like mm-hmm. the traditional collaboration that's happened since mm-hmm. uh, whenever us brewers all started working together on beers, like we did our we did our collab a few times. Mm-hmm. Legend of the Guava. The Legend of the Guava. Yeah, yes. I need to do that again. My mom's, my mom's favorite I have the Guava. Beer. My favorite beer. <laughs> I bought it because Luke said something about it, so I preemptively uh, <laughs> yeah. got it. Um, we did the uh, size on with you guys. We threw, a, we threw a nice uh, the Vienna, mm-hmm. Vienna with uh, Vienna Lager. Yeah, with the uh, folks at the PB Blaster. PB Blaster and that. He's talking about stuff nice. flying off the shelf, and I don't. That was I think it was an excellent beer that we put in that can, but I don't think it mattered. It was the we it have was people still marketing. calling us from across mm-hmm. the country that want that wow. beer, like, like garage mechanics and and folks like that are like, you have to make more of that beer, <laughs> and like do you know? So sometimes you hit on something, and it's not necessarily your brewing expertise. You had no idea, successful. yeah. <laughs> that's great, and, and that's part of yeah. your locale, right? Yep. The location. Yeah, well, that's why I think it makes yeah. sense for your question, yeah. Some of these, we've had some really good success with some of these like partnerships. So. Yep. Well, you have like Lake Erie Sunset, right? You have your Sea Town, uh, Hope Flows, Acres Nights, your Baller Pool. A lot of those beers that you you do on a regular basis in the in the flats kind of revolve around your multi million dollar uh, patio space, right? I mean that because it's the view. Yeah, for sure. Right. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. the most epic space uh, to be able to sit on and have a, have a beer and really good food items. Um, you know. Before we do any of that, that, you know, people want to know how to get a hold of you. Where are you at? What's it look like for both of you? As we didn't do that earlier in the day, um, maybe give some locale how to find you down in the flats. Where, where do you find you in Euclid? What does that look like, social media wise? Yeah, so uh, one website for both spots you can vary off of um, collisionbendbrewery.com. Instagram, I believe, is Collision Brew. Um, Facebook, obviously, just look up Collision Bend Brewing. Uh, Location down on the flats is 1250 Old River Road. It's on the east bank of the flats, directly across from Samson Supply. Hence the east bank of Hills there. March 1st. March 1st. Friday. <laughs> Newest spot in Euclid is 1261 Babbitt Road. It's right, right, up right off the highway. Yeah. Um, one, one driveway yeah. past the Amazon building. That everyone knows out there and lincoln electrics on the other side uh, so yeah very very close to the highway very easy to get to it really is absolutely so 
expansion, future distribution plans? What's that look like? Yeah. Right now we're only in 13 counties yep. with beverage distributors. Uh, so once we can get this brewery up and running and up the capacity from what we yep. do now, hopefully we can expand to the entire state and yeah. really gonna, get to get some beer out there. Yeah, we're going to ramp up and try mm -hmm. to get fill up the counties as much as we can with with beverage mm -hmm. and uh, and see where that takes us and then and then ramp up after that. So yeah. we hope hope we can get up to capacity in a few years here. Yeah, so with the with the production facility, I imagine some of your bigger beers, you'll be able to do bigger batches and then do some more crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, the that's the pub. plan. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna pull the three thirty barrel fermenters and our thirty barrel bright out of downtown once okay. we're operational on Euclid and we start packaging beer out there. Yep. Um, we already have three ten barrel fermenters to bring in. And a 15 barrel bright, so we nice. can. There's a dog down here, just so yeah. I, in case everyone wonders what I'm doing. That's what I was going to. I'm not, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My hands are under here too. We're like we're not, we're not playing handsy with, with, with Luke. I promise, not today. Why Whatever, guys. Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I, I knew you like Luke, but yeah. not that much. I, I mean, I, I, but it's all good. Sorry, so yes, that will uh, that will enable us to do smaller one-off batches. Uh, you know, maybe bring in some some brewers from you know that like to do that weird wacky stuff, and we could do some. What collabs. could you be talking about? I don't know. Um, <laughs> he can teach yeah. you how to do a milkshake donut. Uh, no donuts. Milkshake coffee. Yeah, I'm not stuff. gonna put. Donuts. And it really is important to discuss, <laughs> you know, as you guys mentioned, between your Euclid location, even mm -hmm. in the flats, how that differs, right? Oh, yeah. We have to brew different beers from Medina. Yeah. They're a very lager heavy mm -hmm. uh, county, uh, so we have probably I think we had. Five loggers on this weekend, and if I had five loggers on an Avon, yeah, that would be bad. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just for for sales yeah. be bad, and so you know, our number one selling beer in Avon's probably be hazy. It is not in Medina. Yeah, when you, you know? when you're a home brewer, you can brew beer that you like. When you're a professional brewer, you have to brew beer that sells. You can do both, but yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, I think that's one of the things though with uh, the way this is working out and kind of it's kind of part of the vision at the beginning. Um, of, of opening Euclid was for production, you know, so everything that we're going to see, all of our canned products, like you said, Lake Erie Sunset and our, and our Porter and a few other ones, we're planning on coming out with a, a light lager um, whenever we finally start brewing. <laughs> um, so then we'll be able to supply downtown for those with those products. And, mm -hmm. then, and like Ben said, the larger tanks are coming out of downtown and going out, out to Euclid, and then we're replacing those with smaller tanks. And it's going to give us an opportunity between splitting batches between the two places. So even though like some beers might not move as quickly at one place or the other, we're going to have to, we're going to have the opportunity to have a bigger variety at mm -hmm. both places. And we can know we can balance it out. Just put a couple kegs out here and leave the rest downtown or, mm -hmm. right. or the other way yeah. around in some, in some cases, whichever one happens. So it's, we really are excited. I think about the opportunity to move through the liquid quicker so we can make new beers mm -hmm. more often. Yeah. You know, yeah. And do guava beer. Yeah. Guava, guava beer is important beer for, for mom. Mom needs it. Yeah, mom, <laughs> yeah. mom needs it. Mom needs it. Come back to Avon. We had a good time last time. <laughs> That's good stuff. Guys, I appreciate the the, the commentary and, and the and the sharing your stories with everybody. It's a it's a it's a cool thing that people want to know about who you are and, and find out some of the intricacies of, of your favorite yeah. beer and your time in, in brewing and, and, and all of those things. And we didn't get a chance to talk about your other tattoo, but 
Puppy was down there, so we might as well yeah. talk about that. Uh, this was our last dog. So that's in, uh, you know, he lives forever there. Yep. Uh, right. The new dog always has one ear up, one ear down. With his name under there. That's how we found him in the when we rescued him from the kennel. Nice. He was sitting in the corner, one ear, all scared looking. So, yeah. They're like, They're okay, both here comes on, buddy. This uh, this arm will be dedicated to the animals. Uh, this one's probably beer, beer, and you need to get a collision bench tattoo on there, right? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe, maybe an Avon Brewery one. Oh, there you go. See? Follow Brian. We'll do that. We'll give you free beer for life. Sounds great. I think we already do. So come yeah. on and buy whatever you want. Give whatever you want. It's That's how it works. We had a maintenance guy at Great Lakes. Jim Clifford, who, who got Great Lakes, the Great Lakes logo on his arm. And I was like, man, that's... That's commitment. That's really commitment. He's like, you've been here forever, you know? And I was like, yeah, but... <laughs> I'm not ready for that. You know? yeah, that's <laughs> another like, well, 10 years, ever, maybe. If they ever get rid of me, I can always put sucks on the bottom. Oh. <laughs> Touche. There you go. Brian has one. There's an out for you, Brian. But, there you go. but to his credit, he retired there, so I'm sure he's happy that he has it. That sounds good to me. Very great. All right. You want to get into the boil? Let's do it. It's time for the boil. All right. This is the type, time in the show where we talk about the homebrew happenings. Yeah. So um, I ended up... I don't know if you, you guys probably don't watch the show, but I had some <laughs> issues with the different size hole punches for my HLT. Mm-hmm. Punched the hole is too big. Ended up working it out with some tri-clamp fittings that are leak-free for now. Uh, Can so you come I, out to Euclid <clears throat> tomorrow and fix ours? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want me. You don't want me, man. No, we're desperate. <laughs> we'll talk after the show. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll talk. About, we'll figure it out. Um, so I got the HLT. It's all plumbed in, and the mash tun really uh, just needed a temperature probe. That was no big deal. So now the boil kettle. I, I just got it today, the right size chassis punch, one and a quarter inch diameter. The thing is, guys, <laughs> chassis punch, the measurement is the actual size of the hole. A conduit punch punches a hole for a conduit for the inner diameter of the conduit that fits in there. Mm. So one and a quarter inch is almost an inch and a half. The hole that it punches. <laughs> it's important to know. It is. When you're punching holes in stainless steel. Anyway, I got the right size uh, for the boil kettle. Probably do that this weekend. Actually not. We got winter warmer. So. Just a shout out to our last our episode, uh, Cal from uh, Electric Brewery. Electric Brewery, yeah. Uh, He's a great dude. Great dude. Great great show for to anybody who's interested in how to maybe brew electric at home. Um Without having any direct fire, put it in your garage like you're doing. Yeah, check out the episode. It's very informative. Uh, great page to, to follow. So it was a uh, it was our first international guest, our first remote guest yeah. as well. So yeah. it was, it was a, being a good show. Cool. Yeah. Now you talked about getting some diamond plate behind the wall. I did. Yeah, I, I looked at it and uh, priced it out. <laughs> ah. Yeah, we're gonna stick with just paint. For just now. paint. For yeah, now. paint for now. Well, you know, there's no. There's no fire happening, so might as well. And I'm not planning on squirting the wall down. <laughs> planning on it. Today. Could happen. But might happen. Uh, yeah, I did get um, some grid wall for storing stuff. Mm-hmm. But I have to cover up my electric panel, so I have to figure out how I'm going to put it on a hinge. So we'll figure something out. So. Space problems. Yep. Yeah, you gotta, yeah. But better to brew here than at the storage, at the storage condo. condo. Yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll be good. We'll work it out. Perfect. <laughs> so we have some. Are you still, do you homebrew at all still? You have no, no time. 
I don't either. That's what we talked about with Dave. Gets his brewery here. Just, just come get out back to and, the we'll fun and have a fun time. Just so hang out and drink beer. Yeah. We'll invite you to have a homebrew day here. At, I'm inviting you to Dave's house. For a, <laughs> yeah. Hey, they for bring a, beer. They're welcome. For a homebrew day. <laughs> the dog likes me. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Is she still hanging around? Yeah. Puppy's here. We'll bring, drink some beers and we'll have a homebrew day here in his garage. Sounds great. And just relive the event. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, Pro Brew Happenings, right? It's yeah. uh, St. Patty's Day. Wear my St. Patty's shirt just for fun. We got the brewery decorated for St. Patrick's Day. Our Soul Stealer Red Ale and our Black Abbey Irish Stout are on draft at all three locations. So get yourselves out to check those out. And uh, that's it for what we're doing on in our end. What do you guys got going on in uh, your neck of the woods with Collision? Anything coming out other than this beer? Let's talk about the beer. Friday. What can we do with it? How do we get it? Uh, every Heinen's location. Bam. Uh, downtown will have draft as well. Um, the cans at all Heinen's locations. I think there's 19 of them. Yeah. So, downtown Heinen's. Yeah. Right. Well, and you can also do a little launch thing for it. Yep. And you can also find it at both of our locations, downtown and in Euclid, in cans and on draft. So yeah. this one's actually very cool. So I talked about the partnerships earlier. This one being the Canal Canalway, and then also Heinen. So every year, a lot of us brewers they they do a brewery of the month uh, mm-hmm. collaboration. And um, we've been fortunate enough to be part of that since pretty much since they started doing yeah. it. Um, so this one is they were they are also willing to yeah. to jump in and be supportive of the canalway and the and the project going on down there. So I, I think it was really cool. Like so it's not just us and Heinen's, mm-hmm. it's not just us and Canalway. It's Heinen's is joining in with us and in, in helping out um, the, the cause here. So I think that's a cool point to make as well. So they're doing like a little launch party. Uh, at downtown, at the downtown Heinen's location, so they will put it on draft, like Ben mm-hmm. said. Um, so fun stuff. There was a press release about it all the other day, and I haven't read through it all yet, so I can't really quote yeah. the days. But it's I, out have, there. I have a quote in it that I <clears throat> oh, very good. May or may not have wrote. Ooh. <laughs> we'll but say it now. I didn't write it. I don't know the quote. Oh, may, may or may not. Have <laughs> I don't know what I said. I'm I blacked out. I didn't blacked out. It sounds awesome. <laughs> It's like a Yogi Berra book I had. <laughs> I didn't really say everything I said. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's great. You gotta love uh, the press. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, one of the things that I think that I want to talk about today is that, you know, we, in previous uh, alliterations of collaborations together, mm-hmm. we talked about the two biggest guys in, in the brewing world getting together and uh, blowing a beer, right? Yeah. Um, big, big, not in like the size of our breweries. <laughs> More like the size of our, my waist right. at the time, yeah. right? Um, that's not the case anymore, man. Um, the two of us have had some um, really cool uh, past year or so, and uh, I think we come and talk about that. I think our viewers have been asking questions about what that looks like, and they saw us both in the video at, uh, at Fatheads, and their responses were, what happened to Matthias? And what happened to I'll Luke? I'll say, I'll uh, chime in really quick for everyone that's asked me. Luke is fine. <laughs> He's not dying. Yeah. He's not sick. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Same thing, right? No one wants to ask Luke directly, so they all come up to me all quietly like, hey, is Luke okay? And I go, yeah, he is. Yeah. He's fine. <laughs> He's actually better than ever. So, so you guys started. just managing your intake and uh, watching your diets just – Trying to exercise. Why don't you take a moment? It's important to talk about these things, and I, and I can do the same thing whenever you yeah. want. Um, 
So, turn that mic to the man. I mean, I think for everyone, yeah. If, I mean, for everyone's gonna, it's a different journey. So, like for me, it was just it, it's a tough business, you know. It's a tough business, and it's tough for anyone, that, you know. And I fluctuated weight my whole life, so mm-hmm. when you're when you're like you get into a pattern of not good habits, um, it's pretty easy to let to to let yourself get yeah. you know, like, yeah, just ball limits. keeps rolling, yeah. yeah. Um, so I finally caught myself in one day and my doctor helped me out and, um, you know, I used, personally, I used an, uh, an app called Noom, but I mean, I think that like when you're ready to do something, when people are ready to do something and you're dedicated to it, then you're going to be able to do it, whether, whatever method, you know, is, is yeah. chosen, you have to find the one that works for you personally. So, yeah. um, I just stuck to it and I'm sticking to it and I, everyone's like, you're on a diet, you're still on your diet. I'm like, I've never been on a diet. It's, it's a complete uh, change of lifestyle yeah. so that's all yeah that's, that's the way and you just keep going at it every day and just like anything else you know but being a brewer and you know running a restaurant it's got to be the temptation our french fries are, are really good oh. uh, it's, I, it's all i have to say they all your food cut, is really good and cut every day dude you don't know what i do i, I love french fries <laughs> i do too <laughs> i would I would throw a baby down a flight of stairs <laughs> if I could get a plate of fries. Oh my goodness. I'll do it now. You got a baby? <laughs> I'll do this. Thank God, no. No. I wouldn't do that. Come on. But, but, <laughs> yikes. I love French fries too. Uh, not that much. <laughs> but not that much. And I think that's part of the, the equation. I think that we started talking about what that looks like. And, and in reality, it is a lifestyle change. Um, for me, it was a, a slightly different than you. Um, I, I had some kind of overwhelming inflammation over the course of the years. Um, everybody's different. And so I, I really encourage you to, to do one of two things, right? Get some blood tests done. Uh, there's some genetic tests you can get done to look at some of your, your, your um, MTHFR start conversations, to look at how you process food. Um, for me, it was a lot of, of inflammation. So um, being an athlete, um, in high school and college and a little bit of professionally, uh, for me, it was just a buildup over time. So a little bit of unhealthy living or a lot of unhealthy living coupled with injuries and, and inflammation in your cells and how that all plays out. And then your body just kind of ravages itself over time. For me, it was really, it was really just a wholesale change of everything, right? It was a, I'm tired of being sick and tired. And so you just make a change. So for me, it was, I stopped, I changed my hair care products, uh, from, you know, you shaved your, your beautiful head. Um, that, that wasn't really a choice. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's still pretty. <laughs> it's but, still pretty. You. You're welcome. So, you know, all natural hair care products, soaps, lotions, deodorant, and then stop taking ibuprofen, which was one of the biggest things that was being prescribed to me. And then after that six weeks of detox, we're really looking at what I ate every day and, and how to be better, uh, eating anti-inflammatory that would work towards my personal, um, body chemistry and DNA. And I have a lot of people who I thank for that, um, and particularly someone who really just kind of pushed me to uh, really see what that looked like in myself. And then from there, really just stuck with it, right? From eating anti-inflammatory, almost um, really just all natural vegan, anything I ate that was meat-based was, was grass-fed, grass-finished, no antibiotics, um, all natural, everything, no nitrates. Read the label, people. It's really important yeah, that processed sure. foods in America kill people. Yep. Um, cutting that stuff out with sugar, gone in my diet. Um, I lost two, 200 pounds in 13 months, brother. <laughs> and I don't diet. I just 
eat yep. appropriately. Yep. I walk. Same here. Um, and I do cold showers every day, three minute cold showers, cold plunges. I don't do that. Um, it works. For, it, it works for me. You're talking about you know burning yeah. 500 calories in three minutes in a cold shower, something you can't do, and it, it kills all your eviscerates your your internal organ fat. And so, you know, that's just a lifestyle change that helps you to get to the point where you're healthy, happy, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And and I see that you're happy and, and you have a, a connection to a wonderful woman and, and, and how that creates your new business and, and your lifestyle and, and all of those things all go together to make that whole whole human. So Yeah, absolutely. It's good, you know. So call our hotline if you need help. One eight hundred big guys no more. Yeah. We will answer all your questions that's on, on all those things and, and that's good. But like, well then I I uh, yeah. I mean I don't I'm definitely not overweight, but I do struggle with blood sugar. You know, that's something like, like you say, it's for your own self and you need to moderate, um, you know, sugar intake and Mm -hmm. watch your complex carbohydrates and that kind of thing as I drink beer. Yeah. You got to moderate it, right? Mm -hmm. Those things are tough. And they, um, you know, this is, we're talking about weight loss, but I, I want to give a quick shout out. There's a bartender, a good guy down at, uh, immigrant son in Lakewood. And he's running the program now while sober in the industry. So yep. like, mm. there's a, it's it's really really cool. Uh, he's got he's got some good stuff going, and it's it's a tough industry in that way too. So I just want to throw that out there. Like, there are resources for people, um, whether you're working on the restaurant side of things or in yep. the brewery. Uh, and the, the sales team, the sales reps mm-hmm. have a tough tough time with that. I I spent some time on the sales team um, at Great Lakes for a few years and. Um, to learn that side of the business and it, it can be rough, you know, you're out yeah, there, I believe that. You're out yeah. there, you know, it's entertaining it people tough and yeah. you're caught up in that stuff. So there's always help for people too. And, and, you know, as we sit here drinking beer on a beer show, yeah, like, yeah. that should be mentioned <laughs> though. So. No, it is important. Sure. I think that we've talked about it on our show too, right? I mean, for the majority of that 13 months, I was totally living a sober lifestyle. I still do that. Right. So it's just everything in, in, in the process of, of the plan. And so, you know, there's always hope for everybody across the board. Uh, there's hope when you look at jobs and opportunities for yourself. There's, there's hope to expand your brand and talk about those things. Life is a wonderful thing to live um, across the board and with friendships. Um, it's just a wonderful thing. So we have our peanut gallery back here. We love them so much too. Um, you know, speaking of speaking speaking of oh, yeah. um, beer events, right? This weekend is the Winter Warmer Fest. Just to dive right in from really happy-go-lucky, stay sober to, to uh, biggest, to the wall. biggest beer fest, of the, yeah. biggest beer fest uh, in the area. Best beer fest in the area uh, when it comes to the Winter Warmer Beer Fest. Everybody's bringing their heavy hitters. Best thing in, in the biz. Um, what do you guys bring to, to, to both Friday night and Saturday? Friday night we're serving our... Apple Brandy Barrel Aged Eight Crazy Nights, which is fantastic. Uh, the beer already has apple cider in it. So Good match. Apple Brandy pairs perfectly with it and just Man. enhances that apple flavor really nicely. Uh, and then on the lighter side, we're going to bring our, uh, I think we're bringing yeah, this one, the Canalway Hill. So. Nice. Yeah, give everybody the the nice heavy option and then yeah. the, the light option. What's the release date? That's good, right? <laughs> yeah. I think Friday we're bringing barrel aged Christmas ale yep. and barrel aged uh, Clash of Clans. Yeah. So it's a people are paying for that event, so oh, might as yeah, well sure. bring something fun. Saturday yeah. we'll have seven, three, seven beers total. Mm. Um, four of those will be barrel aged, at least eight and a half to 
10%. Where you guys um, have your tent? We, I don't know where we're at yet. We're, nope. in the, okay. we're in the big room at the top. Okay. I remember the yeah. names of all the rooms. Um, we'll be right we'll be right there. Our tent will be there. Can't miss it. Um, so, yeah, four different right. barrel-aged beers, and then yep. we brought just a, a mix of other stuff. So, the lighter Pilsner to a Session IPA to our Blackberry Sunset. Mm. Um, yeah, should be, a, should be a really good time. Nice. We are bringing on Saturday uh, our Better Together Pastry Stout Christmas Miracle our Belschnickel Belgian Winter Wormer, our Barley Wine, all 10% for those, our Watermelon Sugar Seltzer, 5%, our Nipa Painkiller, 8%, Tahiki Teka, which is a 6.5% hazy, which I love, and then our Black yeah, Abbey Irish Stout, which is yeah. really fun. So a lot of beers for everybody across the board. Um, you guys are our sponsors of the event too? We are. Just like us? Yep. So get yourselves down. If you don't have tickets already, uh, you can look at your webpage. just a few left. Just I a few left, right? Saturday, yeah. We posted on Avon Brewing's webpage how to get tickets or just go to Winter Warm or Brewfest, uh, Ohio Craft Brewer Association. Get yourself tickets. should be or, a lot of fun. Or? Or, guess what, guys? I almost forgot. We are going to give away two tickets tonight to the Winter, the winter Warmer oh, for Saturday. Nice. So Yes. Boom. Very nice. So you got an email or you got a comment. Yep. Comment today right down here. Yeah. Let us know if you want to come to Winter Warmer on Avon Brewing Company uh, for the Blabbermalt Show. Two tickets, Winter Warmer. Email us at blabbermalt at gmail.com or right here uh, yeah, live on Facebook. Facebook or YouTube. Toss it up there and we'll pick you. We'll get you some tickets. Very nice. We can deliver a mobile. If you're watching, you nice. got to do it soon. Yep. Yep. Pays to watch our show <laughs> in more ways than one. <laughs> Dave, we have some music events coming up. Yeah, I do. Um, at the Kent stage, uh, February 28th, Eric Gales is playing. He's a blues guy. Yep. Um, really good dude. I looked him up he's earlier. Been, yeah, he's been, uh, he's been around a long time, but really good dude. We mentioned this, um, Aerosmith and Black Crows. I know. The 29th. I know. Rocket Mortgage. So That's going to be a good show. Side note, my very first concert was Aerosmith. That's a good concert. My aunt took me, and uh, it was before I knew what uh, – Mary Jane was. And the gentleman <laughs> in front of me just kept partaking, and I was like, "What's that what smell?" Is he and she's doing? like, "I will teach you in a couple of years." <laughs> um, that's a good. That's it was a good story. Awesome, it was an awesome. That's first a great concert, story. That's for sure. It's not uh, a good concert. Definitely, Black Crows are not too shabby either. No, they're very good. Uh, March 9th, Rocket Mortgage, Avenged Sevenfold. Mm -hmm. I know. Also uh, great. Um, Matthias is a big fan of them. And also, well, I don't know about a big fan. I'm a fan. A fan. Okay. Monsters Rock Cruise is coming up. Yeah, March 3rd to the 7th. Mm, we're going to miss it this year. I know. It's just, it's so expensive. We just couldn't. Maybe next it. year. But I yeah, talked about going this year. I did tell you that. So maybe. you're not going, so I'm not going. Yeah. Sorry, Billy. Yeah, Billy and uh, Todd are playing in Tough. But here's a couple of the bands that are playing. Ace Fraley, mm -hmm. uh, Joe Satriani, KK's Priest, which is KK Downing's version of Judas Priest. Except yep. Slaughter, Firehouse, Vixen, Faster Pussycat, Quiet Riot, Y&T, Crazy Licks, Paradise <laughs> Kitty. Um, Everybody who's left from these bands are just rocking it out. Oh, yeah. It's going to be epic. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be good. Man. Man. Um, so what do we got going on at ZZ's and Medina? So ZZ's we have uh, on Friday night at uh, 8 o'clock to midnight. We have karaoke. And Saturday we have High on the Hog starting at 730, running until they decide to be done. 
That's our house band tonight. Medina, we have uh, two. We have someone new this week. We have Ben Gilbert. Um, he's a local musician there in town, and he does covers. And Saturday, we have the infamous Island Troy coming in 7.30 p.m. Uh, playing there at Medina. Nice. You guys have music this weekend too, right? Uh, every Friday. Every Friday downtown. Yeah. Um, we're working on – so every Friday downtown, we have, we have a band uh, with a few other things mixed in here and there. But And then Euclid, we're kind of still working out. We had uh, Austin Walking Kane out there the night that we, that we had our – pre-recorded yeah version of which was wonderful he's good yeah. i like him um, so i've been talking to him and some other local uh we we're feeling like the room that night calls for i, I think more smaller smaller mm -hmm. couple people maybe you know not a full band all the time although we did have a did we have that yet there was there was going to be a full band there was one on friday night yeah, yeah so i'm not friday. sure how that went i wasn't there that night but um i will find out how that went and we're still working on it. We're definitely going to do some live music out in Euclid, too, so just watch for it. Especially those doors open up. You can sit on that on that uh, yeah. outdoor patio. That, be that looks really yeah. nice. Yeah. Two killer patios. Look at you guys. Yeah. Just <laughs> owning the world here. Yeah. A little bit different of views. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. You ready to grain out, Dave? Yeah, let's do It's this. time to grain, grain out. Grain out. Grain, grain, grain out. out. Okay, so we got to just let you know what's coming up for the shows. Uh, next week, I don't really know yet. we got a couple things working. Um Schedules so we'll, we'll are get, all over the place. We'll, we'll, we'll this is not my fault this time. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, March 12th uh, is our anniversary show right here. One gonna, year, baby. Yeah, we're going to do a uh, pretty... Very nice. We got something special for you guys. We do. Uh, the 19th, I'm going to be in Fort Myers. Well, we will be in Fort Myers. Um, I will not be. So no. We'll probably do some little fun show for you. Yeah, everybody. we might throw something together. Yeah. We'll see. Um, and the 26th... Speaking of rock and roll... Billy Morris will be here in studio. I got the guitar sitting back here waiting for him. Maybe he'll rip, rip out, out a few riffs yeah, for us. Yeah. Uh, the 2nd of April. Um, this I'm is the in question for this week. So I'm going to say it. We're going to, we're trying to get out of blue monkey and I, it's like 60, 40, if we can get out there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's tough. It's tough. People. It schedules. is tough. I get it. That's what's coming up. Dave, remind everybody about uh, giving us emails for questions, things that we do right or wrong. Yeah, uh, blabbermall at gmail.com. Also, hit us up on all the socials. Hit like, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you never miss an exciting episode. Collision get, Bend? Get some merch. Yep. Find us at? CollisionBendBrewery.com. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. And you guys are on Untapped too to find your beer list? Untapped, yep, at both locations. Perfect. So choose whichever one you're at. Guys, I really appreciate you coming out today. Thanks for having uh, me. Yeah. You know, we love you. We, we appreciate you and uh, as friends and, and mentors and also just uh, brewing companions. And, and uh, great show tonight. Thanks for bringing beer and, and sharing with us. And uh, until next time, guys, stay, stay malty, Cleveland. Cleveland.